love my wife and my family. They mean everything to me. In Jesus' name. Daniel chapter 3, verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. Verse 27 says this, And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Somebody said no power. Nor was an hair of their head singed, neither their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Quickly, the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. A very familiar. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell and the gates of hell shall not prevail they shall not prevail against it with the help of the Holy Ghost today I want to preach to this great congregation the untouchable act of standing the untouchable act of standing. I wonder if you could lay your Bibles down and join me with prayer right now for the remainder, remainder of this service in Jesus' name. God, we love you. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your anointing. Help me pray, church. God, we thank you for what you've done in this service thus far. Help us, God, in the remainder, Lord. Open the eyes of our hearts. Let us receive your word. Oh, God, let us plant it into our spirit and into our hearts. Let us leave differently than we have come today. Change us, Jesus, I pray in your wonderful name, in the name of Jesus, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of God. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I just want to reference it for just a moment. In 1965, Paul Harvey addresses his, his crowd, his audience rather, with an essay entitled, If I Were the Devil. How many with a show of hands know what I'm speaking of here today? Some of you don't even know who Paul Harvey is, these young men and ladies over here. I barely do. I can remember as a child hearing the rest of the story. But if I were the devil, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he goes on to express if he were the devil, he would engulf the whole world into darkness. He, would, he said he wouldn't be happy until he had ceased to ripe his apple on the tree. He goes on and on about all these different things that are a reality in our world today. 
He said, I'd educate authors on how to make lured literature exciting so that anyone else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten uh, television with dirtier movies and vice versa. He said, I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. He said, I, if I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in it turn was consumed. He, he, it was, I, I challenge you today, go home if you've not heard it, listen to it or read it for yourself. He would, he would go on to just say, I'd make a, a, a symbol of Christian, a bottle in a bottle. If I were the devil, I would take those from those who have and give to those who wanted. He said I would, he would go on and to say as the way to get rich, I would caution against extremes and hard work and patriotism and in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned if I were the devil. I think it's, as I said a moment ago, a reality to each and every one of us that the world that we live in today is not getting any brighter, but it's getting darker. The neighborhoods in which we live in are not the stereotypical neighborhoods in which kids played safely with no worries. I'm not all that old, but I can remember just uh, my mother telling me, just as long as you can hear me when I say, come on in for dinner, we were good to play. As a father of a four-year-old today, I grappled and I wrestled with this reality because I remember my childhood. You can't trust uh, uh, the neighbor. You can't trust the person rubbing, you're rubbing shoulders with in a busy airport or a grocery store. It's gotten so bad that the industry of safety has exploded. And I mean by safety, I mean there are more safety devices for our homes, for our personal lives, to protect our internet browsers, home alarm systems that can be monitored from a smartphone from thousands of miles away. There's passcodes on every device that we have. Not only are those are uh, protected things, but they're also, there's things that we have created, the society has created. They're a convenience, but also they are this antisocial to get away from those. We know them as home delivery services have become the norm as Uber Eats and DoorDash. No matter what the cost is, we'll use them. These things are implemented. Yeah, they're a convenience. There are some of us here today that have used those, but really, in all reality, it's that disconnect from society. I don't have to leave my home. I don't have to deal with those people. I don't have to deal with that woman that checks us out at the grocery store with her bad attitude. Or uh, we, we, you know, go down the list here today. These are yes, they're conveniences, but they're also a, a mechanism that would protect us from having to deal with these things. We implement all these things, and it is just a shield from interacting with society. The question is, how do I navigate life with the flames of hell all around me? Perversion is on my left. Corruption is on my right. 
getting our children in public schools and convincing them that they are not in which what God had, has made them to be. There's evilness. There's, uh, there's just uh, I, I, no other word that I can use today but evil all around us. The flames of hell is around us. You can walk into stores. My wife and I, as a hobby, like to go thrifting. I recommend it. It's a great way. You can save a lot of money by thrifting. But there are some of those thrift stores that I only can handle for so long. That's not because my wife won't get out of the dress aisle, but it's the spirits in which they're in there. It's like as I stay longer in those stores and in those environments, the, the wrestling of righteousness and unrighteousness. The flames are a hell are, are all around us in those places in this world that we live in. And so we have to navigate. We have to, uh, we have to, we have to go to work because we, we have to provide as men because the Bible says if we don't, we're worse than an infidel. And we, we, we can't completely shut society off, although they are trying to do that. Just last night, we partake or partook of a AI coffee machine in the airport. You can have your latte made and it's not an individual on the other side of the glass any longer, but it's a robot. This is a reality. We can't, we can't live in that reality of though, I'm trying to escape it. I'm trying to get away from it. No, but as society, as people in society, as the people of God, we still have to go to work. We have to enter a grocery store. We sometimes have to stop by the post office. We, we have to take our children to the park still yet and play with them. Even though the flames of hell are all around us. I, I keep repeating that because I want you to get that mental image today. That, that is exactly what we are doing when we, we go through life and we, we just, we have to do, we have to navigate, we have to just perform what we are to do at, at our task and on our jobs and there's no way of escaping it, but there is a way of overcoming it. There is a way in which we can live a wholesome and godly life. There is a way that we can be successful. There is a way that we can overcome all of hell. In our text here today, we find that King Nebuchadnezzar creates this image of gold. He sets in order all these princes and governors and captains and judges and treasurers and counselors and sheriffs and rulers of the provinces there. He sets them in front of this image as, uh, for the dedication of it. And the herald cried and commanded everyone that... At, at that time, that we hear the cornet and flute and harp, sackbut and sultry and dulcimer and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image. And it goes on to instruct that whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. We know at that time there were certain Chaldeans the scripture tells us, came near and accused the Jews. They spoke to uh, Nebuchadnezzar and said, O king, live forever. You made a decree stating that whosoever does not bow and worship the golden image 
shall be thrown into a fiery furnace. There are certain Jews, they go on to say this in verse 12, that, that have not, uh, that, oh, excuse me, he, he set certain Jews over uh, the affairs of the providence of Babylon. And he goes on to say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men have not regarded your decree. They serve not thy gods, king, Nebuchadnezzar, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set. So here we find the first step to our question. How do we navigate this? The first step in this question is you have to stand. To take a stand is a position for defense or opposition to support a definite position or opinion. Yes, here we see that is a physical stance, but I, I, I will refer to this often today that we have to take a stand. And so sometimes it is in the physical, but sometimes it's in the, the supernatural. You're going to have to stand for something. The year 2023 and the society in which I've been talking about, you're going to have to stand for something. One way or the other, you are going to stand for something. I would encourage you here today to stand for righteousness. We cannot stand for unrighteousness, ungodliness, worldliness, but it's time, fathers, men that we lead as we're supposed to, and we begin to take a stance greater than we ever have before. God's coming as the world is getting darker. God's coming is coming sooner. So with that, we have to take a stand. You're going to stand for something, as I said a moment ago. Let's stand for righteousness. It's easy, I understand, to go with the majority. It's what's popular. As we've all heard, it's, what's everyone, it's what everyone's doing. But we got to stand. You're going against the grain. Going against the grain, it's not always the easiest. You might look around and see friends and even family that are bowing. But in, those, in the midst of that, we have to stand. We Young people, you have to stand at school. Adults, we have to stand on the job. We have to stand even on our social media accounts. We can no longer live this double life of living one way on social media and standing, quote, unquote, for something there and um, uh, making the appearance while you're at church or with the people of God that you're making a stance elsewhere. We have got to have some consistency in our life that we are going to stand with God no matter what. I've come to preach today. I know it's been quiet, but I've come to preach today. If you will stand for God, he will stand for, with you. If you will stand on your job and declare that there is one God and his name is Jesus, that he will stand with you. If you will stand in the grocery store and declare that it's only his only name, the name of Jesus is the saving name, that he will stand with you. If he, come on, help me today. In a world that is bowing to every ungodly and perverted thing, it's time that the church rise up and stand for righteousness and godliness. It's time that we find our voice and no longer be 
every day of the week, 24-7, I will stand for you. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. I know the world's getting dark. I know it's being, it's ugly out there. I, I sometimes uh, get sick and tired of being in, out in public, and I just want to go home and, and, and the safetyness of it and in the, and the presence of God with my family because I'm sick of seeing uh, the, the nudity, and I'm sick of seeing the perversion and the twisted uh, children in which they have been manip manipulated, excuse me, by society. It hurts me. It pains me. It's everything in me that a man, that as a man, to grab a father that is allowing their children, and not just allowing, but facilitating their children to walk down a path in which they have no idea what it's going to lead them to. But we can't be silent any longer. We've got to stand. Well, I don't have a voice. Your action of standing, Brother Knutson, is louder than any voice. It's louder than this P PA system here today. The action is untouchable. When we stand, you don't need less church in your life. You need more church because the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When you bow to the things of the world, when you allow worldliness into your life and into your home, and you're giving unto it, you're bowing to it, then you're allowing something into your life that is unpredictable. Hear me today. I'm not being ugly by this statement. I've not thought of it until now. But it's time that we get a backbone. Men of God. Women of God, young people, young adults, it's time that we stand. We cannot be embarrassed of who we are no longer. We cannot be intimidated of what we believe or stance any longer or the stance that we have any longer, but we have to stand. The church, oh, I love the church. It's the type of the ark that Noah built I know you've heard me talk about it and preach about it, and I want, it's not my message today, but there's safetyness in the church. There's safetyness in the church. There's a security in it. There's, there's an assurance that if I'm in the church, if I'm here, if I'm a part, if I'm bought in, if I have stood my crown and declared to Satan and all of hell, this is where I stand. This is where I'm at with it. I know what's going on in the world, and I, I know the pull. Come on, let's be honest and transparent here today. When we walk into places and the stores and, and we're navigating life, there are things that pull on our flesh here, and there's things that pull on our spirit here, and they're telling us, why don't you look over there, young man, and uh, why don't you... Why don't you entertain that thought over here? It's the hell. It's the flames of hell in which we're encountering. And it's pulling at us and it's grabbing at us. But if we'll stand in the midst of it, he will be there. The Bible says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Psalms 91 tells us, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide unto the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in, will I, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee. Surely 
He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with the feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be this thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousands at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes thou shalt behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Thou, they, excuse me, shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under thy feet, or under feet. Because he set his love upon him, or me rather, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him salvation. He won't leave us. If you stand for him, he'll stand with you. We find in Daniel chapter uh, 3 and verse 13 that Nebuchadnezzar, he's enraged. He's full of fury. He commanded that they bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought these men. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke to them and asked, Is it true that you won't serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I set up? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in verse 16 says, answered and said to the king, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of that thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set. Now, I'm going to pause here. I want to deal with this, these three verses because we're confronted with this question. We leave these, the security of the church on Sundays and Tuesdays in our prayer meeting, midweek prayer, uh, prayer meetings. And when we leave, the voice of the enemy begins to work on us. Is it really true? Are you, you're really not going to bow down and worship to this spirit? Whatever it is that you're dealing with in your flesh, whatever the weakness is, whatever, whatever uh, uh, Satan sees, that maybe there's an inside to your life. He begins to work on that and massage on that spot and to see if you will crumble and bow. But as I said a moment ago, there is time that we receive a backbone because here they tell him, the God that we serve is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, I want, I want to deal with this real quickly. It's that 
are we, are, are, do we only believe this when God's working and the, the miraculous is in our life? But when we're faced with something hard and that we don't know if the, we can really stand against it, are, is there doubt in our mind? It would just be easier to bow and give in to my flesh or my carnality or unto uh, unrighteousness or worldliness. But somehow if I could find, find it in myself to understand if God doesn't deliver me, if he doesn't bring me, we have to realize that our faith has to go further and beyond. We, we realize this with brother, the loss of Brother Prada. We believed it. We had the faith for it. We believed God would raise him. Obviously, God's will is different. But I promise you, Pastor Hari Prado, he received his reward. And our faith cannot waver because God chose to take him. And here when living in life and dealing with this, God, I believe that you will. But whatever you would will in my life, that is what I want. I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to stick by you. I, come on. There's too many flaky apostolic people in this world that we live on. Live in. We have to be sure. We have to be under. We have to have an understanding that the God that I serve is able and is willing. And if I stand with him, he will not forsake me. He will not turn his back on me. But he will stand with me. Let, let me address this. Let, let, the, the Bible is, is very specific in everything that it says. But there are, there are some areas that when you got to navigate through Scripture. Do you think it was easy for these three to stand there when everyone else was bowing? Do you not think that their knees began to give? Hey, let's just be real. Fear was there. There was a doubt. Shadrach was probably saying, dude, Meshach, you done lost your mind, but I'm riding with you. We're going to do this together. Come on, let's just be real. Let's not pretend that it's easy. Navigating life is not easy. We're, we're, we take a blindsided shot over here from our, our flesh, and our carnality is reaching over here, and it's just, but it's not by our might. It's not by our power. The Bible says that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That dunamis power in which Pastor was talking about not long ago, we have to activate that in those moments when we want to give in and we want to bow to this. And, well, it's relevant, and it's in my age group. This is why I'm doing it, and it's, it's really not that big a deal. No, you're, just, you're, you're, you're too weak in spirituality to realize if I bow and I give myself to it, I'm not only allowing those spirits to attach them, I'm separating myself from God. I, 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 I'm allowing unrighteousness, and so they can't coexist, and so I, I'm separating myself from God. No, it's time that we understand the temptation is there, that the, the reality of the head, the Flames of hell are there, but I'm going to navigate this with a backbone and stand for what is right. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. He was upset. He commanded them. They, they, they turned the furnace up. Make it seven times hotter than it was. And then Nebuchadnezzar I love this. 
He commanded the most mighty men, the most mighty men to bind them and to throw those three into a furnace. The Bible tells us that those mighty men, <laughs> they were killed. They couldn't handle it. They, were, they, 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 they dropped dead right there. They throw the three Hebrew boys in there. And as our text says, Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He was, he was triumphantly basking in his glory and authority by looking into this furnace and saying, yeah, I, told, I showed them. And, and anybody else in this kingdom that wants to defy my, my uh, decree and authority, this is what's going to happen. But he was astonished. And he rose in haste. And he said, did we not cast three in there? <laughs> did I not cast, did we not cast three in there? But I see a fourth. And he has the form of the Son of God. This is why I didn't want to get ahead of myself a moment ago. But I, that's why I'll go back and, and touch it again. As if we'll stand with him or for him. He will stand with us. They weren't in there alone, baby. But there was four of them in there. And it was the Son of God. It was, the, it was, it was God. He, he was right in the middle of them. Now, Brother MacArthur and I have been talking about this for months now. And I agree with him. I believe they weren't just standing in there. But they, when they realized, hey, I'm in this, but I'm not consumed by it. There was a shout in their feet and in their voice. And they began to worship God when realizing that I can navigate life. I can go through the flames of hell and not be consumed. This is the only thing, baby, that won't be consumed by hell. And that's the church. You're in the best place. You're in the right place. In it, but not consumed. We're in this world, but we're not part of it. We're from another world. We're from another dimension. Hey, baby, the people of God are untouchable when they stand for him and his word. Not only are they untouchable, but verse 27 says, this fire had no power on these men. Their hair has not even been singed. They don't stink. Their coats have not even been touched. Hey, anybody that's been camping and been around a fire, you know, you can be relatively a safe distance from it. But when you leave there and you go home, and you take those clothes off, you realize, I smell of this. Hey, let me tell you something. The hell, the fire of hell, the flames of hell, when a, when a person is sold out and standing for godliness and righteousness, it can't touch them. Is it there? Is it prevalent? Is it, is it a, a reality? Yes, it is. But a person that has that stand up in their spirit they, they can navigate it. And that's why they look at you on your job. And that's why they look at us in the stores and go, there's something different about you. Yeah, because we in it, but we ain't consumed, Brother Charles. We can witness. Man, what's that? why are they smiling? Why aren't they depressed? Why aren't they on all these medications and, and like zombies walking around? Well, we're in it, but we're not consumed. 
But there is something. Oh, I'm fixing to get off my nose, Brother Ben. But there is something that has consumed us. And oh, it is a fire. <laughs> but it's a, it's a holy fire. And it will consume you. If you give yourself to this, if you will stand up for the things of God and for the word of God and the man of God, you will be consumed by a holy fire. When it's set upon them, it appeared unto them like a clothing tire. It's set upon them. Oh, come on. It's that holy fire. Hey, let's go a little further. The word of God says that his word is like a fire shut up in my bones. <laughs> the gates of hell shall not prevail. Here we find this. This is just mind-boggling. Maybe it's just my simple mind. How are these three dudes in there? I can get it, God. Like, they weren't consumed by it. But they come out and they don't smell like it. Their hands are not, the hair on their head. They're not singed. They don't smell of this. This is mind-boggling. It's a, to be cast into a fire and not consumed by it. But we see here, this is the type of the church. These are three men that stood for it. But a whole congregation. Hell don't stand a chance. Hey, we, let me just, let's just be real. If we're struggling and we're messing up, and it's a reality, it is. It's not because of the church. It's not because the word of God's failed. It's because we have a flesh. And there's a carnal side of us that we've allowed to bow down to that and stand standing and say, no, no, I ain't doing that. Yeah, it, it looks like it would feel good to my flesh. and Oh, that looks appealing to my eye, but no, I'm going to stand. The church will not be consumed by the flames of hell. We deal with it, but we will not be consumed. The church will not be touched by it. It's, the church is this burning bush type. If we go back to the, the book of Genesis, and we see this burning bush experience with Moses. We see that the bush, to get his attention, it's to grab Moses' attention. There is a bush that is on fire, but it is not consumed. He, he stands aside. You know what that is? That's a type of the church for the world to see a consuming fire and what you feel in this place here today and we've experienced and for the, the guest that has never experienced that day to come in there, and they're, they're scratching their heads. At, they're in. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the, we're in the flames of, this, the, 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 of hell in this world, but the church is not consumed by it. There's a liberty. There's, a, there's, there's, there's freedom. There's, there's not bondage. There's not, uh, there's, there's a liberation that has happened. In a, how is this possible in a world that's consumed by hell? We find just this year, 
on the island of Maui, if you put that picture up. This fire was a significant fire in Lahaina. More than 80% of the 2,719 structures were exposed to the fire. They were damaged or destroyed. They tell us that the vast, vast majority of affected structures were residential, leaving an estimated 4,500 people in need of shelter. It burned an estimated 2,170 acres. But in that picture, I know it's not a great picture, but right there is United Pentecostal Church. Look at it. Everything else is consumed. But the church was not touched. This right here is exactly what I'm preaching today. In the supernatural, the hell, the flames of hell, the fire of hell, we're navigating through it. We're going through it. But the church will not be touched. We will not be consumed. It will not prevail. We are, we are overcomers. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, we can do it. We can make it. This is no doubt what is happening in the supernatural right here at Cornerstone in Liberty Lake that the flames of hell are all around us. We're experiencing them, experiencing them every day of our life. But right here in the middle of it all is a church where there's still being lives changed and still people being filled with the Holy Ghost and there's still people being liberated and changed for the good. As bad as hell tries to, uh, to, to paint the picture that the church is a bad place, that it's a controlling place, that it's nothing but full of rules and regulations. Oh, he's, he's just a liar because there's no doubt that it's the only place in which we can be safe. We can be there. We find safety. There's shelter here. It's a place of refuge. We will not be consumed by hell's attempts. I've come to tell somebody here today, this is a safe place. This is where you belong. There's peace here. There's restoration here. Hey, it's a beautiful thing, what we're a part of. Because Nebuchadnezzar realizes, oh, my Lord. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him? <laughs> he, it says, and yielded their bodies. And they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. You know what? We need this. This is the living sacrifice which you and I are in. And it's nothing compared to what he did for us. But we better, I, I want my temple. I want the body that I have. It's unto God. It's a temple of his spirit which is living inside of me. And I want to present it. And I want to stand for what is righteous. I want to stand for what is wholesome and godly. They weren't concerned about their fleshly bodies. He goes on and makes it a second decree, and I'm almost finished, I promise. He makes another decree that every, every people, nation, and language would speak anything amiss against God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be cut in, in pieces, and their houses 
shall be made a dunghill. Because (laughs) there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Verse 30 tells us that the king promoted them. He promoted them. Some of y'all have jobs and you're scared to stand for up, or for up for what is right because, well, I, they might point at me and they might make fun of me or make light of what I believe. I wonder if you would stand. You would stand. You would stand for the, the line in which the sand, what was drawn in the sand, the standard in which the pastor has seen for this congregation. Would you be promoted? Oh, yeah, you would. How many today can testify that through my standing for God and through my standing for what he is and who he is and standing for a wholesome, righteous life that I found the blessing of God on my left and I found the promotion of God on my right And I found the anointing of God right in front of me. Every day that we live, we should live to stand. Stand for God. Stand for righteousness. You can do it. I've come to preach to someone here today. All you've known is bowing to your flesh. All you've known is bowing to your carnality and giving yourself to this and giving yourself to that. You've walked into a church building today and you're being confronted today and your spirit is being confronted and and God's trying to talk to you about what you've been giving to yourself. But he's saying, you know what? If you'll stand for me, if you'll you'll get on board and line up and, and I'll be with you through everything. Even when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. Even when you go through uh, the flames of hell, I'll be with you. If you'll begin to stand for him, he will stand for you. The enemy, oh yeah, the enemy, he can declare all he wants. He can run his mouth all he wants, but a person, an individual that will stand with God and the word of God cannot be touched. They will walk. In liberty, they will walk through the flames of hell. They will, they'll stare, they'll stare hell right in the face and say, you know what? I'm still going to stand. Even when my flesh wants to bow. And even when I want to get in over here, I'm still going to stand. When you've done all that you can, I wonder if you could just stand. And right now across this building, when we stand to our feet, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm preaching about an untouchable act of standing. We're in it, but we're not consumed by it. Oh, that awful year of 2020. I pondered, God, why, why are we experiencing this? Why are you allowing the things in this world? Why are the church going through these things? And God reminded me. He took me to the burning bush. And it was there that God birthed this message in me. That just as it was on fire, it was not consumed. And though political agendas and 
Satan's agendas and all these things are raging. It's a raging fire around us. The church will not be consumed. It will stand. It will stand as that church did. That fire consumed that city in the supernatural. The church will stand. Priscilla Magruder, I say this in closing, was a powerful woman of God. Anointed those that knew her. She would begin to sing. She would come off the platform and walk down aisles and lay her hands and pray for people. The anointing, boom, would fall. The power of God, the miraculous. She had a couple stints of cancer she battled through. I don't remember which one it was or exactly, but I do remember the story. She was very sick. Sister Sergeant, she was weak in her body. Brother Magruder woke up in the middle of the night and she wasn't in the bed with him. She was, he was concerned because she was so sick and weak. So he began to search for her in the house. And he found her. He found her in this position with the Word of God on the floor. And she was standing on it. She couldn't verbalize it. She didn't have the strength in her to cry out to God as she had before. But her action, Brother Quincy, I'm standing on it. I wonder today, as I open this altar, if we could come. And there's, and I want you to, in your mind's eye, those things that you're dealing with, those things that you're trying to navigate, and you're trying to feel, figure out how would, how in the world would God expect me to deal with this? How, how would he want me to navigate? How am I to do this? I want us in our mind and in the supernatural to assume that position of Sister Magruder and standing on the word. I'm standing for you, God. I'm standing for what you are, what you mean in my life. Because if I will stand with you, you will stand with me. I wonder if we could come now. Come. You're here today and you've given yourself to a life of sin and unrighteousness and perversion and everything else. And I, that's, hey, there's no shame. There's no condemnation here in the house of God. You come and repent of your sins. You, you, you tell God that you're, you're, you're done living that life and that way. And then you stand. God will help you. He will give you the strength. He won't leave you high and dry, but he'll be right there by your side to stand with you. Come on. Come on, I made up mine. I won't bow to it any longer. I won't give myself to it any longer. But I'm going to stand. Come on, let's respond right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
consumed by the, uh, the planes of hell. No, it's, it's thriving. It's a place in which we are not consumed. 